Hey, welcome to the SpinCast podcast. Today we're going to be talking with Alan Hines. Uh, we go over a whole bunch of crazy stuff, uh, but I really hope you enjoy the show. Um, leave a comment, send us an uh, email, and let us know how we did. Cheers. We are recording. All right. So, so this is then this whatever happens happens. Yeah. So <laughs> Sid, Sid seems happy, but his uh, food bowl is empty now. He's now. Uh, uh, I mean, he's he's devouring. Yeah, what he's, is... he's, he's licking the remnants of his uh, <laughs> of his uh, bowl there. Indeed. Yeah. I wish you had headphones. And in fact, this is actually something that I need to uh, correct in um, subsequent issue uh, subsequent sessions. Yeah, I I mean, at some point I'm going to need to uh, make this a little bit more professional so that way people can, uh, I can see hear what's going on. I, I mean, I, it's easier with two people, but... Um, I'm going to look at this uh, official government, uh, you know... Uh, oh, thing. yeah, I got a... I got your potential uh, juror serving as a oh. juror is both an honor and a privilege. <laughs> it's it's yeah. actually one of my favorite things, to be uh, honest with you. I love uh, jury duty. Yeah, really? Well, yeah, it's, it's you, probably one been, of my favorite things. fucking summoned I'm, to... Uh, I'm not going to lie to you. You need to, like, basically suck this microphone's oh, cock. Oh, God. Hey. <laughs> but, yeah, so, so, like, yeah, they're, they're, they're congratulating you on your, uh, you know, privilege... Of uh, serving as a juror as an honor of a privilege that uh, supports peaceful resolution of disputes in a free society. Yeah, it, it used to maybe in the fifties. Um, <laughs> your name has been drawn by random selection. Aren't you lucky for consideration to serve in the future as a federal juror of the United States District Court for the Western District of Texas? However, you are not being summoned for jury service at this time. Yeah, no, it's just a questionnaire. They just want to know if I'm eligible yeah. to if you be say, a juror. If you say you're ra- you're racist against all non-whites, then you're out. Then, uh, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, great. Uh, but I, uh, I actually love jury duty. Jury duty is probably one of my favorite things in the world. I mean... Outside of having a job where you have to, um, like, if I'm giving up hours, right? Like, if I had to, like, like if I was working hourly and I had to give up hours to go to jury yeah, duty, yeah, that yeah, would yeah. that would be bullshit. Yeah, but yeah, but as a salaried employee in the United States, it's the fucking greatest thing in the world uh, for two reasons. One, you get a day off of work, uh, but uh, two, jury duty is like crazy fun. Um, you get to go like actually judge people. Have you on ever? Their have have life. you been impaneled? Have you been impaneled? Have you actually been seated as a juror? Yeah, before? in a DUI case. Holy shit! Uh, really? And it, oh my god, I have to tell you about it. I didn't even. It's the most ridiculous thing. So uh. I went into this. Uh, I went into this uh, jury, um, and I got selected. They went through the whole process, and they're like, you know, like. I don't know, racist question. I passed that. Yeah. And then uh, some Not other... Not a difficult question to pass. Some other, you know, the financial status question, and I passed that as well. Uh, and then eventually you're just on the jury. And then I have to go into this uh, DUI case, and basically, like, it, it was a two-day-long case, and they brought in witnesses and all this shit. And um, the entire time, 
Like all the witnesses they brought in were like the friends that were at the bar with him. Mm-hmm. Uh, apparently the guy didn't blow at the scene, which by the way is probably the smartest thing you can do. Oh, if absolutely. You, if you ever, no, 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 yeah. if you ever get, you know, pulled over for drunk driving, just no. don't No, you, you blow. go and get a warrant for my blood and I will just sit here by the road with the cops waiting for the guy exactly. to come and take my blood in a nice hour and a half. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You, you, I mean, you definitely don't blow. Uh, they're probably going to arrest you at that point and they're going to take you to the jail. If they want you to blow, like, you're getting arrested. That, yeah, that, yeah, that, exactly. that's bottom but line. but whatever you're gonna spend a night in jail and just fucking deal with that yeah, yeah. shit like most of the good people in the world have spent nights in jail right, exactly don't so, be such a baby just <laughs> fucking sit on the bench for the next you know eight hours because exactly. you're drunk and you're driving around and you got caught yeah that's i your mean it, let's all be honest you're probably guilty yeah, uh, yeah, so, absolutely so the the thing that's really that was crazy about this trial is they brought in all his friends and uh, they were like, uh, you know, like how much he'd been drinking that night, you know, like, uh, and they were like, no, he was the designated driver. He maybe had one drink oh, the entire Lord. night, uh, like, and, and like six people came up on the stand and like all held up that same story. Mm-hmm. And so as a juror, you know, like you, logically, like all you have is the information that's in front of you. Like, you know, probably he was drunk, but at the same time, like you, you, you don't have anything to go on except people's stories of it. Sure. Uh, so you have the cop who's like, he was fucking drunk. Yeah, and then you have like Dude, seven drunk. I'm a cop. I don't, <laughs> I don't care about this guy. I'm not trying to screw him. I'm just a cop. And he was drunk. Exactly. And then and then the other seven people that are like, no, like he might have had one drink, but he wasn't actually drunk. He no. was actually the designated driver the entire time. No. We were actually being responsible adults. Which, you know, like whatever. He probably shouldn't have had the one drink, but you know, one drink isn't enough to make you drunk. Right. Um in most cases. Uh, so, you know, as a juror, you know, like we had to like convene and we're all talking about it. And the majority of us were like, no, we, I mean, if he only had one drink, he didn't have anything. Uh, they mishandled his blood tests. So like they didn't actually have any like physical proof on him, uh, day one. So there was like actually nothing logically to convict this man on. Uh, and then, uh, day two, we walk in and they brought him, they called him to the stand. Uh, and his lawyer, uh, was like, don't go on the fucking stand. And he was like, no, I'll go on the fucking stand. I'm just going to do that thing. (laughs) And, uh, and immediately in my head, I was like, you are making so many mistakes right now. Uh Like you just need to never go on the stand. Uh, if they call you to the stand, because if the, here's I the thing with the like fifth. any, any trial, like if they're calling you to the stand, it's because they have nothing on you. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. and they're trying to trick you into confessing, give, give, giving basically. up your fifth, giving up. Yeah, your fifth exactly. Right. Yeah, like you I, just, I, I'm you, not going to answer Jack fucking shit. Yeah, yeah that, exactly. That, that, yeah. And so they call him up. He agrees to go on the fucking stand. Uh, and, um, he gets up there and they're like, well, how many drinks did you have that night? And I, 
I couldn't believe the words that were coming out of his mouth because, again, as a jury, the the majority of us had agreed that he was innocent. Uh, and then he just said, like, oh, yeah, I had, like, six drinks that night. Yeah. I just had, like, six drinks, yeah. and I thought I would be fine. And I was probably drunk. And he, like, said all of these things on court record. And and then they were like, okay, so, like, the defense, uh, the prosecution rests or whatever. Yeah, you guys make And then we just have to, like, go into the thing. And we were like, okay, well, he basically just told us he was fucking drunk. So that's the end of that fucking thing. Like, yeah. like that's the end of the trial. Like, it, it, there's well, nothing about this that makes him not well, guilty. It, it's astounding to me that, it, like, you know, one, the state would, like, you know, uh, bring this. Uh, okay, so yeah, yeah, you're driving drunk. Did you hit anyone? Did you kill anyone? Uh, did you did you fuck shit up? <clears throat> no. Okay, we're gonna like offer you a plea. Yeah, we're gonna like offer you a plea for obstructing traffic. You're gonna pay a thousand dollars fine. Yeah, but like the, this thing. the problem was is that he gave himself up. Oh sure, yeah. I mean, <laughs> it, it so was, at it, that it, point, it's like. Thirty thousand dollars, license suspended. Fucking your life sucks. Past yeah, yeah. this it, point, it was, it was like you know, uh, like so. The one time I've told you this before, but like the one time that I was ever pulled over wasn't because I was driving, uh, you know, erratically. Uh, I was going five miles over the speed limit. I was going underneath Mopac under, uh, you know, uh, you know, middle of the night. Just dropped my friend uh, Brace off, and uh, you know, so I get you know lit up, and uh, and so I immediately pull over. And, uh, and, and so the cop is like this, like 60 year old guy, very nice guy. And, uh, you know, he says, uh, you know, hello, sir. You know, uh, you were going five miles over. Um, can I ask if you've been drinking tonight? And he's like, Oh yes, I have. <laughs> and, uh, and, uh, and he's like, okay. So like how much of a, have you uh, had to uh, drink? And, uh, I was like, well, I've had like uh, six of the, uh, tall Polliner Hefeweizens, but you know, the 22 ounce ones. Uh, and it's like, oh, really? And in what amount of time what was that? And I was like, well, I started drinking about 5.30 uh, today. And it's like, oh, well, how much do you weigh? I was like, I don't fucking know. <laughs> I mean, like, who knows yeah, yeah. that I, the yeah, answer yeah. to that I, fucking I, question? I don't go to the fucking Like, doctor. seriously, I don't own a scale. Yeah. So, so this is off. like 11.30 at night. And, uh, you know, and it was an honest answer. And uh, he's like, okay, so, you know, uh, so that, many, that many beers. And uh, and then, you know, he asked me, uh, you know, okay, so listen, uh, we got to do this. So uh, why don't we do this? Because I can totally smell beer on you. And so I was like, okay, sure. And I, and I get out. And, uh, you know, he he does the thing. He's like, you know, touch your, uh, you know, fingertips, tilt your head back, touch your fingertips to your nose. I do that, you know, walk heel to toe, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, I, I do all of that. And uh, then, you know, uh, he says, uh, okay, so uh, uh, can I just ask you something? Uh, what are you on right now? Go, oh, I'm on uh, Adderall. Uh, I said, oh, uh, uh, really? A uh, prescription? Oh, yes, sir. He's like, so uh, uh, what is it, ADHD or ADD? Uh, ADD. So uh, how much are you on? He's like, I think I'm on about 150 milligrams. <laughs> And, and as, I think yeah, I'm and, on 150 yeah, milligrams. Like, you know, I have no oh, idea. Wow, that's a whole lot of amphetamine. Is that your prescription? Oh, no, no, like, not no, at all. No, no. <laughs> like, well, why are you on so much? It was like, well, because that's what it takes. Like, all right, um, you can get back in your car. So 
I get my car, he takes my license, he goes and runs my shit, and, uh, you know, checks my warrants. And, uh, you know, I'm sitting there like, you know, 10 minutes, but I'm perfectly like calm. I'm not like thinking, you know, oh, I'm going to go to jail tonight or anything. And, uh, you know, a few minutes later, it turns out I'm right. He comes back and he, like hands me my license. He says, okay, Mr. Hines, uh, I can tell that you're a professional. Um, <laughs> That's I, my favorite part of the story is yeah. where he's like, it's exactly you're, what you're a goddamn professional. Yeah, exactly. It's <laughs> like, you know, I just need you to understand there's a lot of amateurs out, especially on Thursdays. There are people on bicycles. They don't know what they're doing. They've had too much. You need to watch out for them. Uh, be safe. Yes, sir. Hands me my shit back. I drive the hell home, right? So, like, you know, so basically where I'm going with this is, like, you know, if you don't have any business driving after drinking, then whatever fucking happens to you happens. Yeah, I, I uh, agree with that. But I feel like in this situation, it was it was more... The fact that, like, basically he got away with this thing, sure. right? Uh, they had nothing on him. He didn't blow. He They mishandled his blood test. Um, he had plenty of character wit- witnesses. He had plenty of witnesses on the scene that would say that, uh, that said that he wasn't <clears throat> drinking in, yeah. in any sort of driver. excess. He's a designated right? driver. Yeah, like he didn't even like listen to their testimony. Well, yeah, I mean, like, I mean, like, okay, fine. He had a drink, right? But it's you know, like, he wasn't uh, doing anything that was. Yeah, he had like a half a dozen people, like saying, you know, like, no, he was like nowhere near, like, you know, violation of. Yeah, he wasn't. He wasn't drunk. I trusted him with my life. Blah blah blah. Whatever. Uh, And then he gets on the stand and goes, "Oh no, I was totally wasted." Like I no. was, I was drunk. I was out of my mind. I shouldn't have been driving. And it's like you personally just cost yourself thirty thousand. Sure, I mean, uh, and, uh, you know, uh, like, which maybe maybe that's a noble cause, right? Like maybe that's maybe that's what people should I'm, do. Is I'm, like I'm own going to up stand to up for my thing. right to like you know say no, I shit faced and like screw my defense well, attorney. I mean, yeah. Well, maybe not like stand up your right to do that, but but at the same time, like stand up for be forthright. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Like, like I know I did wrong, right? Yeah. Like, maybe that's maybe that's honorable in some in some sense, but but at what point does like honor become like fucking stupid? Liability. Yeah. I mean, yeah. You like any like, anytime you're not listening to your defense attorney, then uh, you, you know you're a fucking idiots, right? I mean, it's deal with your moral baggage. And, and that layer. was that was a big thing too. Was <laughs> like the, literally the lawyer was like, "Do not get on the fucking stand." No, well, like, that's a very easy decision then. Yeah. And and I, I, he I, was I, like, I, I, "No, I, I, I'm gonna fucking represent my fucking uh, self." Yep, yep, yep. Like you, you know, like okay, fine. You're you're stupid enough to get drunk and drive. It's a dumb decision. Don't do that. Uh, and then. You're simultaneously just as stupid to like ignore Not to your yeah. legal fucking advice yeah. on how you could p- potentially win a case. Um, yeah, you deserve it. You yeah. you deserve no, yeah. my you deserve it doubly. Like my, double my, down on how terrible of a person my, you are. My sister's my attorney, and she explained something to me that I I never understood before. Back when uh, AT&T was, was uh, threatening the company I worked for because I dared to uh, take a job with them because my, my VP there uh, had been my VP at uh, Wayport, which was bought out by AT&T. 
Uh, and so like uh, AT&T is being sued for like billions of dollars for a patent case that I was a key witness in. And um, they basically instructed me to, uh, to help them out in this when I got uh, subpoenaed. And uh, this is while they're like actively threatening my company. It's like, oh, fuck you guys, right? And, uh, and so basically, uh, where AT&T tried to go with this was uh, uh, saying, you know, I, I told them, my sister's my attorney. You're not my attorney. You're not going to be in the room when I get deposed, et cetera. And they tried to like make a claim that, um, you know, uh, she had no right to be there, that they were like naturally my lawyer. And so my sister like made the point, no, you don't get it. Like, you know, ever since the time of the Magna Carta, as your lawyer, I am you. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, like, and that's the thing that people don't understand is like legal representation is you. Like, yeah. you need to shut the fuck yeah. up for yeah, a yeah, second. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, 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 yeah, exactly. I'm going to stick my stupid ego aside and say, oh, I think I've got like, you know, I'm going to like claim my rightness. No, fuck you. You're going to like, you know, claim your rightness after you've been like, you know, let out of this legal jeopardy you're in. I'm your fucking lawyer and I'm telling you to do this. Fucking shut up. This is not hard, right? So, yeah, exactly. So, like, just be quiet for a second. Yeah, right. So, so I mean, I can imagine that maybe uh, that that would be, you know, uh, certainly enlightening and entertaining. The, the only times that I've ever like done, you know, I've been summoned for jury duty, you know, not for a federal thing, but for like, you know, uh, several state things. Um, and I've like, you know, dutifully gone and like, I'm going to go down to the thing. I'm going to go and like, you know, answer the questionnaires. I've done it. I've taken off work. I'm like, you know, that's been my day. But like, you know, the one time that I've done it, uh, you know, earnestly like that, it had been for like, you know, some bullshit in a, a like personal injury case. And uh, I go down there and uh, the, basically the way it works is like Travis County, you know, courts. And uh, they, they, you know, you file into the courtroom and uh, half of you go to the left and half of you go to the right. And uh, the ones on the left where I was, you're fucking irrelevant. You're already struck. The ones on the right are the only ones that they actually care to talk to about, like, have you ever been in a car accident? Have you ever, like, you know, uh, had a personal injury claim, uh, et cetera. And so I, I'd wasted my entire day. Uh, just to sit there, uh, you know, being totally ignored uh, as the lawyers for this, uh, you know, dude who had like gotten rear-ended by somebody. Yeah, but you made six dollars. I did make six dollars. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. It's <laughs> like, like it, it, again, like going back to my original point. Like jury duty sucks if you like took off of work and you you have an hourly position yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, somewhere. If I, was it's, a, if, it's, I was a, if I was a contractor, I've been But like, like, I'm getting paid for my job now, uh, and we're talking on this goddamn podcast, yeah, um, technically yeah, yeah. speaking, yeah, right? Ditto. Uh, yeah. So if, if, you know, like if someone wants to like waste my time in a courthouse, yeah, I agree. Like, I, I, I feel like I've had my time wasted. I'd rather be either on the jury or not and know yeah. that right away. Yeah. Uh, but um, I like the idea of the potential of being on a jury. Well, I agree. I, I, and I, I think I can, like, actually, like, bind it. Like, and I'll tell you, like, if I was, like, be, you know, brought in to be on the uh, jury for some, like, you know, high intrigue, I'd be like, fucking A, man, score. I know. This is going to be the most interesting thing that's happened to me in years. Right? But, 
But it's, uh, you know... Uh, it's just, never a good case. You know, you're yeah. never on, like, fucking O.J. Simpson trial right. or some bullshit. Right, right, right. right. Yeah. And even then, they're just going to... I mean, I mentioned this earlier. It's like, hey, racist question, you're out. Yeah, yeah. Uh, financial question, you're out. Right. Uh, kind of stuff. So, you know, like... It, Legal system aside, it's it's all broken, right? Like we we just like we we completely just have the jurors that are gonna like rule in the favor of one person or another, and it's yeah. it's basically the NBA draft of of fucking yeah, jurors. Like I mean, you have uh, to you have to like think like even if you like you know won the lottery and turns like a potential juror, like you know how goddamn awful would that be? Like you know after like. I'm going to like have to sit here and uh, digest the details of this horrific torture murder that like, yeah. I, I mean, ha- yeah. I, yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it, it is a totally different case than like what I was talking about, but right. um, it's, I don't know. I, I, I relish the idea of being on one of those things. No. Right. Like to be, not not in the sense that I want to fucking sentence someone to like life or death or sure. some crazy fucking sentence, but in the sense that I want to solve the puzzle yeah. of what happened. Um, well, and I will tell you this: uh, like I I mean this sincerely. Um, the notion of aspiring to the theory of the trial by jury and innocent until proven guilty and all of that. Uh, holds like you know high philosophical theological appeal to me you know frankly you know it, it's i would not want some uh you know remorseless statist judge declaring me guilty or not right so i, I totally get like you know the moral imperative to do this kind of thing right sure it's just a, a you know in my own experience it's been just kind of like frittered away right and but but like if i was able to like choose Yes, you can like be, you know, an actual jurist on this thing of consequence that, you know, society will, uh, you know, be shifted by from here forward. Oh, absolutely, I would do that. I would like kind of demand to be, you know, on that position, right? Um, I, I don't know. I guess it's, uh, uh, you, you get the good with the bad. You know, diamonds among dunghills, as Thomas, Jeff- Thomas Jefferson said, right? Uh, <laughs> Is that something? Diamonds among dunghills. Yeah, that was uh, Thomas that? Thomas Jefferson talking about the Bible. Oh, yeah. really? Yeah. Uh, is that a is that a Bible quote or is that just no? Him that's that's Jefferson. That? Jefferson okay. wrote his own version of the Bible where he uh, did he uh, write the whole Bible or just, just no? He wrote uh, like the if you can look it up as a Jeffersonian Bible. He uh, basically looked at the four Gospels and he uh, extracted what he believed was credible that the personage of Jesus might have said, and he got rid of everything else. Right. And interesting. Yeah. Very interesting. It, it's, um, so he got, so he, he took everything that the personage of, did um, I say that? I might Jesus, not have said yeah. that right. Jesus, said, yeah. uh, said, yep. and then, uh, removed everything else. Got so basically, basically the quotes of Jesus yep. minus all the Filler of man minus the context, minus the uh, politics, minus the uh, a very interesting. I mean, it's it's very powerful actually, and uh, you know a lot of like you know fundamentalists. Uh, well, they want Jefferson's face taken off of Mount Rushmore, 
Uh, oh, because well, it, fuck you. It's yeah, a yeah, exactly. And just you know, I mean, like you know, basically live if, in the world where presidents have faces no, on no, mountains. No, I mean, basically, if it wasn't for Thomas Jefferson, I would have no affection towards you know this nation as a concept at all. Right? Yeah. You know, you you, you read his stuff in comparison to like everything else, you know, in terms of the Federalists and all that. Uh, Jefferson's the only reason that like, this is a noble experiment still. Um, and, uh, and also uh, just because he cared about these kind of things, he cared about like, you know, who was the actual personage of Jesus. And if this is supposed to be a divine, you know, being what the hell did he say that actually, you know, meant anything. And, uh, and he picks it out where, you know, where the gospels agree with each other, uh, and where, you know, they're consistent in what they say. Uh, and uh, it, it's actually like quite inspiring. And it's a very small little book. It's like, you know, uh, I don't know, 10 pages, right? Really? Uh, yeah. I, I mean, like, you, you got to think about like, you know, most of the New Testament is, uh, you know, you got the four gospels. Well, and then you've you got, know, like, you, you know, talk about the New Testament versus Old Testament. We're talking about uh, basically a carbon copy of the previous. Well, uh, the Old Testament, you know, in my, in my perspective, is basically irrelevant in the context of Christianity as a as a whole, right? And it's basically this is like what we're based it's, upon. It's irrelevant in the sense that zero people give any of context to the Old sure. Testament sure. anymore. Yeah. Uh, but if you look at like uh, like Judaism is basically based off of the Torah, which is like yep. like first five the, books. First five books, yeah. First five books of the Old Testament. Uh, so. It, it it's interesting to see that divide where like you know this new um, neo Christianity uh, has just become so wholeheartedly like devoted to the New Testament um, where old religions, older religions, yep. even older Protestant uh, religions uh, buy into you know, the old Testament, yep. uh, whereas, and Judaism does as well. And then they just like take this other part of it that is, and out of context out and, and don't even see the relationship. Uh, I think that's the thing that, that puts me off the most is that, you know, like there are so many relationships between new and old, yep. um, that it's that it's hard to say that we can only like if you wanted to buy into this as a as a religion um that you would take the new testament and not realize the similarities to the old testament uh and the symbolism that exists between the two right uh and then just be like no we're just going to take the new testament for word for word and it, everything is literal when obviously it is symbolical if you compare it to like the other half of the fucking book that you're already reading sure and uh you know like some of the most um you know interesting and uh um people are respect most of all in terms of like you know evangelical and stuff recognize that there's a lot of picking and choosing that happens uh basically among the uh you know the Christian, you know, New Testament followers, they will pick things out of the Psalms and so forth, right? You know, one of my favorite verses is Psalm seventy-one twenty, which is, um, you know, uh, though uh, though you have made me seen troubles many and bitter, you will not abandon me to the grave, 
right? I, I literally was about to say, like, I could go grab a Bible and we could we could quote it, but I think I just took all my Bibles to half price. <laughs> well, all right. <laughs> like, yeah. I, I, mean, I, I don't know. I don't want a Bible myself. I'm mean, basically. And also, I'm, like, half price pays nothing for Bibles. I'm so, sorry, uh, I, I am certain. Zero <laughs> people care about Bibles. Yeah, see, like, basically, like, you know, I, I, I uh, this began to matter to me a great deal at, like, you know, age six. I got baptized at age seven. Right. I mean, it's I know all the passages that I that, uh, you know, that matter. Right. But like uh, basically there are Christians who uh, will only look at like things from like the book of Psalms and sometimes Proverbs. They don't really look and you know, uh, Genesis. They, they recognize it's all allegory and all of that. Um, uh, but basically, you know, they, they see that as like, oh, this is the, the thing that lends credibility to it. The most, you know, impressive Christians I've ever met have been the ones who've been able to quote the book of Lamentations, which if you've never fucking read that. I mean, I don't know if I have. I mean, I won't admit to the fact that I have. I mean, like, I, it, it, I is, it is worth have. spending just a solid evening. It's like, I'm just going to read the book of Lamentations. Uh, and it's, uh, I believe, is when the, uh, the Jews were in captivity in uh, Babylon. Uh, but it is basically, the entire thing is predicated on the notion of God fucking hates me and has uh, created me to suffer right and, and and it goes on for a long time right and uh, and the ones who, the the people who i've met who are like actually mature in their faith actually kind of acknowledge yeah that is actually a state that you can actually like wind up in and you have to like kind of reconcile with this like new testament message with everything's fine everything's you know blissful you're forgiven you know you're gonna you're going to get you know yeah Explain why you're fucking miserable right now. Explain why somebody murdered your child. Explain why, uh, you know, somebody you love betrayed you, right? You don't have anything. Well, you have nothing, right? The people who uh, actually have some investment in this have actually, like, studied these kind of things, right? So that, uh, that's my take on it. So basically my take is, like, people, like, look at the New Testament. Uh, if you look at it in the in the whole... You got the four Gospels of which, you know, Thomas Jefferson extracted like, you know, maybe 10, 20 pages of what Jesus said. And you have the rest of it is like Paul's letters, you know, lecturing people on their sexual morality. Uh, that's that's the rest of the Bible. And then you have finally the, uh, you know, Gospel of John, the Revelation, where, uh, you know, John's like, you know, 90 years old and, and on a fucking fever dream uh, talking about how the world's going to end. It makes no sense. People like say, oh, there's like the symbolism, uh, you know, in it. There isn't. It, none of it makes sense. And none of it like, you know, correlates to anything. It's just, it's an old man spouting off on like, what do you think the apocalypse uh, might look like, right? Sure. Doesn't, doesn't mean anything. Um, so, you know, I don't know. I think that there's like, you know, basically, I think there's substance in every uh, religion I've studied, you know? So, uh, yeah, like, you know. I mean, I, I think that's the, is the same for me. Like, I used to be uh, kind of obsessed with uh, religion. I think it's a, I think ideally it is a beautiful and amazing thing that can be a part of people's lives uh, that drives them forward to uh, greater things. But uh, at the same time, I think it corrupts uh, very easily. Like people just like mutate um, ideals uh, that they don't even fully understand themselves. 
mm-hmm. through literal interpretations of, uh, you know, phrases that who knows who the fuck wrote. Uh, and then and then it just becomes terrible. It's uh, whatever validates the, the opinion that they came in. Yeah, exactly. And yep. uh, again, I think that religion can be beautiful if you come at it with like this like open mind where like I personally am probably wrong all the time. Uh, and then maybe there's some guidance. Maybe there's some like uh, some fulfillment that I can get out of words, out of literary, uh, you know, just, uh, I don't know, literary, like, uh, meaning that exists within books that people wrote many, many years ago. Um, and instead, people read it and they they feel like they're reading a goddamn textbook. You know, they think uh, that they're reading like you know, yes, you're doing super. Do exactly what you want. Yeah, to do. exactly. Yeah. Do yeah. these five things, and yeah. then because it because you're forever. totally on top, right? You know. Yeah. I mean, like to me, like uh, I'll put it this way: I, I, like uh, to me, the central uh, valuable thing about Christianity is um, uh, the press the precept of. I don't care how shitty someone was to you, you still be kind. Yeah, you know. I, 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 but I think that's actually true in most religions, right? Like, it sure is, should is, be. is that yeah. it doesn't matter what the external is. Yeah. you as a person, you control are your own universe. Good. Yeah, you right? control like, your own universe. Exactly. You yeah. just continue to be a good thing in yep. the universe. No matter if you're used, uh, humiliated, discarded, killed. You know. Yeah, no, it doesn't I'm, matter. I'm, like no, no. you just I'm, live I'm on kindness. as a. Yeah, exactly. You just live on as a kind, just, uh, good thing, like a good entity in the world. Yep. And I, I feel like all religions teach that like, like everything, like anything that I've ever read or studied or attempted to study. And, and I'm saying this is like a half drunk, uh, white male in America with like privilege Joe, Joe and privilege. all this yeah. shit. Yeah. 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 Right. Yeah. We'll get into uh, a privileged conversation <laughs> another time. I, exactly. I don't but, but at shit, the same right? time, like I'm, I'm saying all of that saying like, you know, like, Christianity isn't right in and of itself. It is right because it has values that are correct. And those same values exist in almost every other religion that exists. Islam, uh, Judaism, atheism. atheism, uh, Some of the best people in the world I've ever known are Taoism, like all of them subscribe to the exact same thing, right? Like be a good person. Yep. Uh, and, and if you are a good person, um, not necessarily good things happen for you, but good things happen in general. Yeah. Right. Like if everyone is just a good person, then everyone benefits from the fact that good is everywhere. Yeah. yeah be, right? be, be the change that you want to see in the world. Is basically yeah. What I, what I mean, positive. you know, this is, this is totally like we could just quote Michael Jackson lyrics and just yeah, be yeah. like, I am the man in the mirror and all this shit. Yeah. yeah right. Sure, sure. Uh, but it's, uh, it's it's interesting to see like these uh discrepancies between each 
each religion where they're like... Uh, I, I think the fundamental problem with religion is like every one of them like pre- prescribes a formula in which you can be forgiven for whatever the hell you do to anyone well, I else. I don't think all of them do that. I mean, I think in, can, I Christianity think, I, does. They, definitely. I think Christianity definitely can be interpreted that way, and it no, is. No, it is. It is definitely interpreted no, that I can way. do whatever I want to you, and if you don't forgive me, then you're the shit person, right? But also, also, even if you don't forgive me, I can be forgiven. Yeah, exactly. For I'm already preemptively forgiven. Terrible, I'll make it up things. to you in eternity, right? And if you and if you don't forgive well, me, then no, you're the like some person. priest will just sit me in a box. Yeah, and I'll I, just yeah be I give you like, absolution. Uh, uh, I, don't, yeah, I don't give a shit I'm about how, how you like you know point. fuck this person over, ruin their lives, you know, uh, uh, ruin yeah. them, right? It's, now, you know, well, you know, uh, okay, well, that's just what happens. Eh, you know, uh, it, it's, you know, and you can like, you know, for all of my issues with Paul, you can like actually like read his letters to the Corinthians where he talks about this, where they're like, you know, uh, shall we increase in sin so that grace might increase? Uh, you know, may it never be, right? You know, he, give it to this guy, as homophagic as he was and, and all of that. He tried to pre- prevent that from like being the premise. But it became the premise for a whole lot of people, and that's uh, that's you know my uh, my friend Carla, who's my girlfriend for a long time. Uh, she once told me if uh, all Christians were like your mother or your grandmother, I'd be one, right? Because that's <laughs> who my mama and my grandma are like. Uh, that's just not, basically what it's become now. Is certainly in this culture, uh, it has been you know just validation for whatever the fuck you want to do to somebody is fine, so long as you profess. This this magic thing that makes you it makes it all okay. Yeah, I, I yeah, it's it's a little ridiculous. I think right now I need another beer. Yeah, and I need and a cigarette. probably a cigarette. Yeah. Uh, you want to take a break for yeah, a second? Yeah, we'll, 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 let's we'll take resume. A, yeah, let's take a break for like uh, five minutes. Uh, we'll get beers and cigarettes, uh, and we'll be right back. All right, we're back. Uh, it was a good smoke break. Uh, mm-hmm. Got new beers. Um, I'm here with Alan, uh, and we're just talking about some shit. So let's get it started. Yep. So, uh, Alan, um, how are things going in your life? Let's mm-hmm. let's talk about that. Oh, God. Um, person I love most in the world turned out to be a complete traitor. Um. Three and a half years I've invested in that. And uh, the hardest part was like having to admit that I was wrong about her and uh, what everyone else told me about her was uh, right. And so, you know, just kind of trying to absorb that. But, you know, finally, at least once I found this out, um, I was in a position where I could handle it. And, uh, you know, now just kind of like, you know, writing off what I'd invested and what I'd lost. And that's. You know, at least I've gotten to the point where I'm not grieving anymore, which is something. Um, God, it was a long time coming. It was a hard time coming, but, uh, you know, gotten there. Well, I mean, let's talk a little bit more about, like, how that situation came to be, if that's cool. Of course. 
I want to tell my origin story. Yes, uh, uh, I mean, I don't know if we need to go all the way back. Well, uh, you probably, you probably, you know, do. I know this story, so it's, it, you know, it's, it's a little. For me, it's a little bit. Uh, you know, I'm just, I'm just gonna hear the same thing before as I've heard before, and as much as uh, I believe that this is something that has become you. Um, you know, I'd rather let's get the abridged version. Let's um, let's get to it as sure. quickly as um, possible. I I I fell in love with this person the day she sat across from me in uh, fifth grade. We never could be together because she was the good little virgin church girl all the whole time I was growing up, and I was the uh, pot smoking metalhead. We didn't see each other for twenty five years after uh, we graduated from high school. We met at our reunion. We immediately reconnected. We fell in love with one another. We. Uh, I took her uh, to a big band, flew her down from uh, Fargo. I uh, f- totally fell in love with one another then. She couldn't deal with it. She ran away from it. She um, did everything she could to uh, break our relationship, make me hate her, uh, betray me, use me, lie, lie to me, all that. And I just kept forgiving her, kept forgiving her, kept forgiving her until I finally, you know, three and a half years this goes on where she wouldn't just tell me, you know, Listen, you blew it by falling in love with me. And if you hadn't done that, then we might have like been something, but you did. Uh, therefore, you know, I'm no longer sexually attracted to you. Uh, so move on. She never could like do that for me. Uh, and so she just kind of like kept stringing me along, stringing me along, stringing me along uh, until, you know, I finally found out like it was all, you know, lies. Everything that she ever done, uh, she lied to me. Like other people she was with, like all these other people. And uh, this whole time, you know, so uh, one of my best friends uh, in the world is my uh, former girlfriend. She was my girlfriend for eight years. We lived together for seven of them. I'd seen her the maddest I thought that, uh, you know, she could ever get until I actually told her how hurt I'd been by somebody else. And then I realized I'd never even seen her mad before in my life. I mean, she she just, oh, uh Something I'd never seen before, right? Um, so that, you know, made me feel you know, good about myself. But at the same time, you know, it was like a dagger in the heart because it was like, uh, well, geez, I guess I haven't ever been hurt as much as I should have been hurt, right? So I, I just spent all this time trying to, uh, you know, persuade myself I hadn't been wrong about this person. I hadn't been, you know, I hadn't wasted all this love, all this life, all this time, all this stuff. And uh, I come to find out that I'm, uh, you know, wrong, but thankfully, at the point, you know, uh, that I find this out, I'm able to just say, okay, I'm writing it off. It's over. Done. Right? And uh, the last most recent guy that she was with, you know, one of the most poignant things he said to me, because I've become friends with him, uh, was that, you know, uh, uh, she uh, damaged him so deeply that he's just, you know, I, I just don't want to be in a relationship with anyone else ever again. It's not worth it. It's not worth the investment. It's not worth the pain. It's not worth the risk of being lied to like that. I was the only one that felt that way, but uh, it turns out I'm not. So, you know, it's a hard thing to have, like, you know, be so disillusioned, you know, after something that, like, you've literally believed in your entire life in terms of who a person was. But, um, at least I'm able to absorb it better than uh, you know I ever had been before. So that's where I'm at. Fair enough. 
Yeah. Uh, I mean, let's let's talk about outside of that. Like, where where's your life at outside of these uh, romantic relationships? Yeah. Well, you know, that's a big open question. Is that like basically I've uh, you know focused myself on this uh, you know relationship issue so deeply for like you know three and a half four years. Um, basically, I left what was a cushy lifetime gig. At a uh, at AT and T, after they bought out my company, I could have just stayed there, worked about like two hours a week, um, not done anything interesting with my you know career from that point forward. Collected the paycheck, I could have retired with a full pension at about age fifty eight. I think uh, was what it was when I you know ran the math. It's like uh, your age plus uh, you know years of tenure at the company. Once that equals seventy years old, you get full pension. You can retire. And when they bought my company, you know, that, that's they grandfathered that in. I've been there for 12 years. Uh, that was like, God, 2010. January 1st, 2010 was when I started my new job. So wow. I've been there like 12 years. If I'd stayed there for another like, you know, eight years, then, uh, you know, I basically could have like, you know, retired with a full AT&T uh, pension in my mid to late 50s. Um I gave that up out of like moral principles because I can't, uh, you know, be a bullshit slug, non-worker, non-contributor. And uh, that was everything that I saw uh, that, uh, you know, the AT&T was. It's people whose job was to have a job. So, uh, you know, I, I basically on the moral high ground just like washed my hands and walked away. Uh, I, I went and swang for the fences at this uh, next startup that, uh, you know, Almost got bought out, and if it got bought out, I would have like cashed out about like one point five million dollars. It literally got within twenty four hours of being bought out. I didn't know this until after the fact. The deal fell through, and all my stock became worthless. Um, but you know, uh, at the same time, uh, that's what like you know, led me to uh, meet you. Oh, and uh, and you know, it's what led me into you know, it's it's where I'm at now. Um, where you know. I see a lot of upside here, but, uh, you know, if I had my druthers, you know, when I was looking for a job after I got laid off from brothers, uh, that's a druth- great, that's a great word. That's, 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 a, that's an old, uh, hillbilly word, right? Yeah. If, if I had my, <laughs> if I had my druthers, you know, when I was looking for a job after I got laid off at the place where you and I met, uh, sure. where we were working together, Yeah. you know, at one point my mom, uh, my family is very, you know, close to that, very supportive. She's like, you know, well, Alan, if you know, if you can't find anything that's right for you, you can just call yourself retired and work contract for us. You can come and live with us. Uh, you can take care of us in our old age. You can take care of the house. You can, you know, do the chores and everything. It's fine, right? And, um, you know, that, that didn't sound so terrible to me, but I just didn't feel like I was, you know, done yet. I wanted to, I still want to, I want more patents, Right. Um, I I love that you say this with two patents and uh, mm-hmm. I have zero mm-hmm. and I would probably give up having zero uh, for similar things. I, oh, I, I love the drive for new patents. Yeah, I mean, uh, 
What, I, what's what? What would you? I mean, may, maybe you don't even want to talk about this, but what? Where would you go with a new patent? What? what would well, you want it's to? probably it's probably better to like talk about like you know the the patents that I did get just to like give you some idea. Okay, because, let's talk about those. I mean, basically, uh, I came up with a way to target um, an online presentation to an individual <laughs> under any arbitrary criteria you want. <coughs> Pardon me. Um, say that I you know, am able to detect that you're somebody who has spent a week in Boston and a week in Miami in the past month, and you only ever stay at four seasons. Therefore, I can like uh, you know ascertain that you are a person of means. You travel. You probably have money. Uh, you know, I can like show you different content based upon what I know about you, uh, and it's trivial to do that, right? Uh, and up until the point where I actually came over to uh, with a system to do that, which now people like just take it for granted. It's what Facebook does all day, every day, right? Sure. Well, they're violating my patent every time they do that. Right? <laughs> you know, um, why aren't you? Uh, is there a reason why you wouldn't? Um, I guess uh, attack that. Oh, because uh, it's not infringement. mine. Infringement. It's it's not mine. It's AT and T's. AT&T, oh, I, I like, so when, you when, have a patent under AT&T. I have a patent under my name. I'm the sole inventor, the singular inventor. Uh, AT&T owns owned the by, patent. Okay. Yes. For both of the patents? Yep. Yep. Oh, man, that Yeah, hurts. so basically, basically uh, you know, all that... It, it actually hurts a lot. I didn't uh, that's, know this that's, that's, that's until I mean, right if you're, now. if you're, like, drawing a uh, salary, that's the way it works. I mean, it, it's, uh, you know, it doesn't really matter what you invent or how fucking brilliant it is. Uh, it, you know, it's whomever's like, you know, uh, paying, assigning your paychecks, they sure. own your intellectual property. And so AT&T just kind of like, uh, basically, uh, Wayport recognized the, uh, value of the patent. That's why they like went after it and they had to like, you know, beat down a bunch of challenges by the government and so forth. And they ultimately won, uh, AT&T when they bought, uh, my company just, uh, guaranteed the IP that was in progress. Therefore, they funded it until they uh, actually won the patents. But it's just part of their war chest now, right? Sure. I mean, it's... it's that's, that's actually probably one of the most depressing things you ever told me. Well, I'm sorry. It's, it's uh, you know, the, it, it gave me a lesson to, uh, you know, segregate your best ideas from, like, you know, your work context, Right. Really? I mean, basically, I was trying to uh, um, make my startup succeed and thrive and so forth. And I figured out a way to do that. The whole industry like didn't know what to do. And it actually won. We were actually, my patents were worth about a half a billion dollars. It got us the, uh, the McDonald's contract for all the public Wi-Fi at McDonald's around the world. It got us the Starbucks contract for the same thing. It got us the Hilton contract. I mean, these are, these are literally $100 million deals. Um, AT&T screwed them uh, because they, they didn't like actually understand the value or they just like figured, you know, arrogantly, well, we're AT&T, so we can, you know, if Four Seasons doesn't like us, screw them, right? But sure. up, up until the point where this stuff came, where my stuff came out into fruition, you know, uh, people like, you know, thought it was impossible to actually target web content to any end user individually. And again, go search for some, go search for a leather jacket on Google and then go and get on Facebook and click around for a while and uh, see how long it takes for leather jackets to start what, showing what up. What I'm right? curious about is that like I 
not as an offense to you, I feel like this is not that novel of an idea. Uh, indeed, um, uh, now now it is not. But at the at the time, uh, it was uh, considered completely. So how impossible. long ago was this? Um, this uh, like so, I started working on this uh, idea in about uh, two thousand. Okay, so we're talking about seven years ago. No, I, I, I uh, two thousand, the year two thousand. Oh, seven, seventeen years, years ago. Sorry, right, seventeen. Yeah, so basically, we yeah. did public Wi-Fi service at like hotels, airports, restaurants, what have you. And and at this point, you're see, I guess, and again, not trying to take any like credibility away from you personally or the ideas that you've had, like. In in my head, and maybe this is a fault of me, where I would potentially have a similar idea and be like, no, that's just... That's Seems just, obvious, right? Yeah, that's just the way that Seems things obvious. are. Yeah, yeah. And I wouldn't patent to that. Yeah, see? Uh, like, so uh, I will have to like give you the context. So we were uh, doing um, public Wi-Fi access, which... Okay, so first, like, you have to understand, like, you know, what a big statement that is. Uh, when you're doing public Wi-Fi access... I, I like feel say, like at the time, it was a, a it was bigger a very statement. Big statement. Like, now, public Wi-Fi is bullshit. Right, right, right. But, like, at the time, um, you know, basically, uh, we had to, like, concern ourselves with things like, people would go, oh, there's public Wi-Fi at the Four Seasons. Or there's public, you know, just internet access at the Four Seasons. I'm going to take my laptop in. I'm going to operate a child porn server at this hotel, right? I mean, like, and these were things that were happening. These these were things that were literally happening. Are are they, you know, actually, it's probably still happening, right? Sure. Uh, Any place that, like, I can, like, get an anonymous, like, you know, IP address and stream out to the dark web, you bet your ass people are going to, like, you know, use it for, you know, illegal shit. I actually. Oh like yeah, yeah. I mean, like anytime anyone can just like connect a tour on <clears throat> some other fucking network. They sure. Don't, yeah. Fuck it. Yeah. I mean, just and and build whatever this stuff the fuck is you want. Yeah. Like, did you ever hear about this guy in North Carolina who was like shooting abortion doctors? Right. He was uh, like living in oh, the mountains. Yeah, yeah. I think I did. That guy. I can't remember what the hell his name was. Uh, we actually had a uh, you know U.S. Marshal certificate, you know, bronzed on our wall. Because we caught this guy. We actually, like, trapped his uh, traffic uh, when he would, like, come into town down from the mountains and get on our network and start, you know, uh, uh, doing his right-wing, you know, uh, free republic, you know, posting and so forth. And the guy was a nut. Well, we actually traced his IP. We captured all of his packets. We did all the Kalia stuff. You know, we, we had his ass. We caught him, right? But, like, basically what I'm saying is it, it was, like, back during a time where public Wi-Fi... Uh, or any public internet access was a you know very complicated deal because people would set up spam servers, they would set up porn servers, they would they would like you know launch like massive hacking efforts and all this stuff. And what the way that it all Just worked, like DDoS attacks and stuff sure. like that. Like basically, I'm at a hotel. You don't know who the hell I am. So it's like DefCon. Yeah. Plus plus. Yeah, yeah. Basically. Exactly. Okay. I've got I've got a fat pipe to the internet when there's like basically no defense to anyone who knows what the fuck they're doing. I, oh, okay, cool. I'm gonna like set this I, up. I, I think you know, like uh, for context, I feel like we're 
we're talking about 17 years ago. Yep. And I feel like people don't understand the context of that. Uh, Where, you know, 17 years ago, we're still kind of in the wild west of fucking internet. Like, basically, Um, like, Wi-Fi. There was no security to it at all. Yeah, I mean, like, if if we go back to the 2000s where we're, you know... me personally, I'm still in high school. Yeah. This is this is a time frame where like you could take down uh computer networks. You probably still can, but uh you could legitimately take down computer networks with like some fucking twelve volt batteries and a yeah. capacitor. Like you could just like EMP pulse a fucking you, you raid could, you server. Could, you could just, harvest Data, you could harvest personal data hand over fist. You could use any public access point to spam the whole world. You could fish the whole world. Yeah, I mean, it was, it was, you know, again, like to go back to like the idea of like what we were dealing with as this at this time was just this was the wild west. Uh, I mean, this is. You know, like prior prior to this is 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 people learning the internet uh, prior to this is bbs's yeah there, like, there no, like people don't know what the fuck's going yeah. on and then 2000 about comes along and we're just it it's literally guns to guns oh yes and, and so basically we had a public face to our offering we're like you know a four seasons hotels like uh, contracted with us or this tiny little pissant austin austin company to do their, like, you know, uh, do their internet access around the world, all right? And on top of them, you know, uh, Wyndham Hotels, Starwood Hotels, uh, all and, like, you know, the big fish were out there. McDonald's is trolling for us, you know, Starbucks is trolling. Everyone wanted, like, you know, do public Wi-Fi, things that everyone, like, takes for granted right now, right? Of course there's and, a wife. You know, that's actually really interesting to say. Like everyone takes all of these things for granted because I, I'm younger than you for sure. Uh, but I remember a time where like, like internet was not a thing that people had. No, yeah. you had you no know. right to expect it would like be in any airport hotel. Or oh, whatever. no, no, no. Yeah. Like I've been in airports in my lifetime where like you, the, you're just disconnected from the world. Yeah, exactly. And actually I've been in times prior to that where like <clears throat> you were anywhere and you were disconnected from the world. Right. Sure. Like people didn't have fucking cell phones. Yeah, sure. Sure. Um, and so, like, the fact that you were provi- – I, I, I actually remember uh, being in an airport for the first time and being like, oh, there's public Wi-Fi? I don't even know oh, what crazy. that fucking yeah. means. What do I do? And I, I to be fair, over. it was provided by AT&T. Yeah. Right? Like, yeah. Um, uh, but while working off our corpse, right? Yeah. yeah I mean, yeah. like, it, it, it's so ridiculous to me now, you know, like – Obviously, I walk into any airport yeah, now. Right. Everyone's got I just Wi-Fi. Get in the fucking yeah. Wi-Fi. I get on the plane. I got Wi-Fi. Sure, yeah. If I pay like a dollar twenty-five or whatever, sure, the fuck sure, it sure. Is. Yeah, and like you um, know, uh, back at the time, you know, uh, like basically, but it uh, wasn't. It wasn't a thing. It was no. just like no. It, it was a, not only was it not a thing. It was a thing that you were insane to even try to offer, because like you know, if I like put you know 
Uh, back in the day, if I was to like put like you know uh, uh, like I'm going to do public Wi-Fi at the Austin Bergson Airport, um, within 15 minutes somebody is streaming child porn from that airport. Really? Oh yeah. Uh, like wow. you know, yeah. I mean, basically that that was the context. If they're not streaming child porn, they're launching DDoS. If they're not launching DDoS. Because uh, this is basically war driving. Yeah, yeah. Right? Like, exactly. I mean, it's, it's oh, exactly an that. open relay it's point. Like, oh, I, I'm going like, to send out like millions of spam messages until you kill my you know, account and shut it's down my It's interesting to think that like this could have been worse if Uber existed at that time. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah I mean, basically. It, you, I mean, and it was bad, probably. Uh, but it wasn't as bad. Well, I mean, because you know, the people that had access to it were... Marginally people, 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 people were like the people who were like you know in charge of what we did as a company had like a moral compass. Like, no, you're not going to like you know. But even the people that were using it, right? Like it, you talk about like who's in the airport, people that are traveling, yep. right? So like no the the percentage of people that would use this maliciously is very very few. Yeah. And it was actually kind of difficult, right? Like you had to take a cab uh, and, out there. Unless, you unless fucking... you were deliberately doing it, which they would do. Well, yeah, people are, I mean, people are deliberately doing all of the things all of the time, right? So, right. Um, <clears throat> but this is like, this is the, the icing on the cake of war driving, mm-hmm. right? Because that that's what people used to do. It's actually, I used to do, right? Like, we would drive around. Yeah. You just drive around, figure out who had an unsecure network. Open AP, yeah. And then you would Sit just, in like... in parking lot, and then I'm going to do whatever I want to do over your network, and it's going to be traced back to you, not exactly. me. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And so now you're offering open Wi-Fi yep. to these people. Yep. And so you've basically made yourself the we, biggest we, target. We to are more we are liable for everything they do on our network. That's yeah, basically but like you, what it boils down to. I mean, but on purpose you've made yourself Oh, absolutely. Because yeah. we, we actually like we, we knew where the market was going. We knew that it was gonna be ubiquitous. Uh, you know, we knew that you would like be able to go into any airport in the world and be able to like get on Wi-Fi anywhere you want to. And we figured out a way to handle all these threats on a machine that costs less than a thousand bucks. Right. And uh, so like and basically we were doing the work of like a Barracuda. We were doing the work of like, you know, uh, all these like, you know, firewall servers, you know, spam blockers, all, you know, all this shit on all the stuff we wrote in C++ uh, and in Postgres. And put it on these like you know like shitty little uh, Linux machines, less than a grand, uh, that we would put any place we had a presence, and we fucking owned the net. You know, it's like sure, yeah, if yeah. anyone if like if somebody's streaming child porn, guess what? We're capturing your packets immediately, and like we're we're going to be able to hand it over to law enforcement whenever they give us a warrant. Give us a warrant, you got it, right? I mean, basically, we did all this stuff that like now is like taken for granted, right? But like my my contribution to all of this was in this context, we would like you know install these Linux servers like about the size of like you know this little machine you got here in the middle of your table. It's a hard drive. It's a hard drive. Yeah. It's so, a double RAID. Two, oh, RAID oh, RAID one. Oh, very nice. But, uh, rightfully so. I'm just I'm just yeah. saying. <laughs> yeah. So like we had a little machine about this big. Uh, you know, I'm gonna guess like uh, about like eight inches by four inches. You know, cube. Yeah. Right? yeah. So we had a little machine like that. 
And we would actually install it on site. You had to do that because you had to isolate it. You had to be able to, uh, you know, have a little point of presence in every, like, Donald's or Starbucks, you know, whatever. You know what's amazing to me is that that thing, like, I, I think about it 17 years ago. And we were like, we're going to put this 8-inch by 4-inch box. No, no, in no, this didn't thing. exist, yeah. It's, it's, yeah. Or, you know, like, no, but, like, even if it did, like, we're we're just going to install this thing in, like, a corner. And we're going to shove it in your like, rack or whatever. Like, huh? think about how bullshit this fucking box looks. Yeah. Like, no one's taking this seriously. No, no, exactly. Yeah. Like, maybe more so now. Right. Because people are accustomed to that. But at the time, people were like, oh, no, it was just got a blue dot on the front. It was a disruptive uh, presence in like every McDonald's and Starbucks and whatever we we went into. You know, it was like it was a little blade server, right? So it it took about the same, you know, square, you know, inches as this. But yeah, it was like, you know, go into like whatever, like, you know, God, there were like cases at McDonald's. Where it was like it was like literally installed above the fry cooker, you know, and that grease <laughs> like boiling up on it, you know. Uh, but but basically, what what it, uh, what I'm getting at is uh, we would have these like physical machines that we would like put in physical locations to control the physical network at that place. Otherwise, we couldn't manage it. And so at that point, uh, uh, at our height, we had around thirty thousand. Of these little boxes, these little blade servers installed in McDonald's, Four Seasons, Starbucks, uh, Starwood, uh, you know, you name it. Uh, we, had, we had like, you know, we did the Super Bowl. We did 150,000 simultaneous connections, right? With these tiny little boxes that we put in there. And, uh, and so in that premise, you know, because we were actually responsible adult, you know, engineers, uh, anytime we like tried to like you know do any kind of like software change, we had to like do you know a formal release process, you know QA things, roll things that we we created Debian packages, the you know C code that we like push out of the field, and uh, and a point of you know uh, like okay you could do this sloppily and easily, but you would be overrun by child pornographers, spammers, uh, hackers, whatever. But we're doing things uh, you know responsibly and, uh, and, and carefully, like. Probably not like real hackers. Oh no, it would be this like, is like script kitties. Oh yeah, it would be trivial if we just put like an AP out there without you know any management over it, any like anything, right? Without any kind of like you know constrictions on it, uh, we'd be over. We would lose control of our own network within hours, right? And we would see that kind of shit happen. It's, yeah. it's so ridiculous because uh, actually at the time I feel like you know we're talking about 2000. I'm uh, again I'm in high school at this point and I'm crazy uh, interested in what is going on in the hacker world mm-hmm. in the in the the world of uh, making computers that I made myself had access to do things um and it was so crazy easy like i think about it today like it's it's insanely hard compared oh i mean it's hard at my own work to like just log into my own like servers got to do two factor yeah yeah. i mean even even now like you know like i just need to fucking get into a database and i'm like i need fucking all sorts of 40 different hops i gotta do i gotta gotta do hops i gotta i've got fucking i gotta be through a vpn i've got Uh all sort of i got a two factor i've got to like you know duo mobile and all that crap yeah i mean like the 
None of this shit existed, right? No, but uh, and that's what I'm saying is that the time, like, it was so easy. It was just like, it, I have an IP address. Yeah, I can connect to that thing. Yeah, exactly. And, and so basically, <laughs> what it boiled down to is we had like these 30,000 different blade servers like out there in the world, like McDonald's, Starbucks, you know, whatever, right? And we were like rolling Debian packages to all these machines in order to do anything to like, you know, add a period to the end of a sentence on some marketees. Right. <laughs> and so the, uh, the whole premise was there was absolutely no way that we could ever, um, customize even like, you know, whenever you like got into like, you know, the Wi-Fi like a four seasons and you like got, you know, the cap, the, what do they call it? The captive portal page. You didn't see a thing that looked like Four Seasons. You saw a thing that looked like Wayport. That was our branding. It was sure, like yeah, all, yeah. us messaging them. That's, as, that's what you worked at. Yeah, yeah. same as uh, you know McDonald's, same at uh, Starbucks, same at well, whatever, right? Because there was no way that we could ever like distribute these uh, you know packages, these thirty thousand machines, qualify all of them, and so forth. And so what I came up with was a way to just you know define in data and using you know built-in web server functionality. Say okay. Um, actually, I'm just gonna like define what the content's gonna look like on this page, based on any criteria I want to. Yeah. And uh, and so if if you show up at a Four Seasons and uh, I know based on what's in the database that you're at a Four Seasons, I'm gonna show you a page that looks like Four Seasons. If you show up at McDonald's, I'm gonna show you a page that looks like a McDonald's, a Starbucks, you know, etc. And it's all the same HTML, just with different style sheets. And uh, different profile settings, right? Well, that was unprecedented, right? And uh, and that alone was like it's it's interesting that you say that that was unprecedented because at today that's like oh you that's wouldn't par for the course. Oh yeah, you you wouldn't like you know you, you wouldn't you accept. You cannot it. have web presence without yeah. those. No, things. you would not accept it if you were like you know Starbucks and like you know some sh- some schmuck was like you know doing Wi-Fi service uh, at your uh, stores. And he said, no, it's going to be like, you know, our schmuck brand instead of your Starbucks brand. He said, fuck you, pal. Yeah, exactly. Right, right. You would immediately turn that away. Oh, ex- exactly. Like, yeah. Again, like this, the, the things that you're talking about are Fully taken so, for granted. Yeah. so natural into that realm. The market demanded it and, uh, and the market was right. And, uh, and yeah, so, but you built this. You built, built this, it, yeah. and you made it. It's your patent. Yeah, it is my patent. It is, uh, you know. And so uh, that was like, you know, but that was just the, the the premise of it. It was like, you know, look, we just we're just gonna commit to like what the market you know wants. And then I, I still have like you know emails from people from when I was working there where they were like, you know, give me the questions a client asked, and I was trying to explain to them like, no, the system that we built enables us to target a individual user based on they're in Boston today, they're in Miami last week, they stayed at four seasons four times in the past month, uh, it's Tuesday. What's it's- funny is that you say all of these things, and like in my head, as a junior in in the same realm, Sounds natural, right? it? like this is not a difficult problem to exactly. solve. Exactly. Yeah. Like I, yeah. I can SQL query the shit out of exactly. that. Exactly. Right. Um, but, but and actually, and, and to be fair, SQL could have solved that same question. Uh, I just don't think the front end or the development that you did previously. No, it, it was, it was basically, it. it was like, it was assumed to be impossible. 
And even after I demonstrated, no, this is actually possible. I've actually got a working version of it. All you got to do is just give me a spec of what you want, and that's, I will make this happen. That's and fucking like, brilliant. Well, you're a fucking witch, is like how people responded to it. Well, and, they said you were a wizard, and you said yeah. you preferred witch. Well, that was more recent. But like, okay. yeah, basically, uh, you know, the company I worked for like totally squandered what they had until after I was gone. Then, then they realized, oh, oh shit, yeah. yeah. Well, holy crap. I, I feel like that's something that you and I have in common is that uh, the the work that we can do on a back end mm -hmm. is mostly squandered. Yeah. No, yeah, it's, uh, you know. Uh, but, but, maybe that's, but that's not unique to you and I. That's probably no, I think most that's the nature people of that. I that think are, that's the nature of what we do. That, yeah, people that work with data, you no, know, no, no, like, yeah. Yeah. we just... Yeah, it doesn't matter, like, you know, what, I've, just, I've just literally proved that I've solved your problem, right? Yeah. There, there, there are people it who draw their livelihood from the fact that the problem exists. Well, That's how about this? Uh, how about you and I have another cigarette, maybe get another beer? Do you want to do another thing? Or yeah, we'll do, another, we'll do another one. Uh, yeah, I've got to hit your head any, uh, anyway. Oh, yeah, i got to do it as well. well a little uh, personal. All right, so we're going to take a break and uh, get a cigarette and another beer, uh, and we'll be right back. Yep. All right, so we're going into the uh, third session here. Yeah. We just had a cigarette. I'm petting uh, Sid. Cracking new beers. We're going to do one here. I'm petting Sid. If you don't know Sid, and, that's uh, your problem. Sid is the best cat in the world. Yeah. Uh, but uh, we were talking a lot about uh, technology and the difference in technology Um back when Alan had made his patents uh, and now, uh, which is an interesting, um, I don't know, it's an interesting dynamic between what exists now and, and then, because all of the things that he was talking about before are things that we take so much for granted now. An easy way, an easy, uh, you know, delimiter would be, you know, before the age of SSD and after, you know, it's, it's everything we did was on hard drives and we were on, you know, hard drives, like I feel like it's before that too, though, because SSD wasn't until like 2010 at least. Yeah, it was, a, it was a while later, but it was like basically, it was, you know, effectively the dark ages compared to like where we are now. I mean, it's um, everything that we take for granted now was at one point considered to be impossible uh, in terms of um, product offerings, right? You know, you, you could like, you could offer the exact same generic template to whomever, uh, but you couldn't like, you know, customize a presentation for your customer. You couldn't brand, you know, a, a captive portal like Four Seasons or Starbucks or whatever. Um, it was just assumed, uh, you know, impossible. 
And uh, based on uh, the way that we were doing it, uh, it, it probably was because we were like, you know, compiling C++ packages to render HTML pages. We had to like uh, manage every single byte of memory. Um, that was just the way it worked, you know. And uh, this is before the day of like, you know, I don't even think like, you know, REST APIs had even been, you know, coined as a concept at that point, right? So, oh, probably not. Actually, that's a, a interesting concept now because uh, this is something that's come up in my life actually yeah. more and more is uh, the idea of a RESTful API. Yeah. Um, and that didn't exist prior to this. You didn't make fucking jQuery calls oh, to no. a fucking no, 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 no. Uh, backend. You wrote your own JavaScript, and there was yeah, there no. was no there was no jQuery. There was no you know there was nothing. It was it was um, you know and um, yes, it was very Stone Age in that respect. But you know at the same time, uh, even my competitors, the you know in the in the space at the time, you know I kind of respect what they did. More than I respect, like, you know, the, the people who use, like, you know, the canned jQuery templates and, like, you know, everything's a damn JavaScript object. Everything's goddamn JavaScript. And I everything's don't get JSON. It. Everything's and JSON and you, JavaScript. I yeah. fucking, you know this about me. I fucking hate all of the JSON. Uh, just fucking store shit in a relational Yeah, database. man, I, 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 you know, I basically... I have as much respect for the people who have no respect for relational databases as they have <laughs> for me. Uh, and like, yeah. you know, uh, all the work in the industry is anyone who's like, you know, does, you know, database really uh, the whole, there's a million jobs out there. You know what all the jobs are is cleaning up the shit show that have been created by their developers who don't know jack fuck about like, you know, storing data, processing data, validating data, indexing data. Oh, let's use MongoDB. It's no problem. You know, who cares? You know, nothing matters. Nothing matters. We just like you know store crap in a fucking database. Yeah, just store text JSON yeah. blobs. Yeah, and, and, uh, and like, uh, oh well, we don't ever need to report on it. No, you're yeah, you're fucking wrong. And that's all anyone. That's all any of the MBAs that actually run your company give a shit about. They don't care about how well your <laughs> app you know works. They want reports, and they want reports all. Like, you wouldn't fucking believe. And, uh, oh, yeah, you store all of your data in a fucking JSON blob in Mongo, which doesn't even let you, like, you know, index it or, or you know, search it. In also, like, just, like, loses data. Just, oh, like, yeah, that, just that, for fun. Just like, yeah, hey, yeah, just as like, I, yeah. we, we were hanging out and we were storing <laughs> some data and all of a sudden... Yeah, I they call it eventual it. consistency. And it's like, yeah. basically, you will set up, like, a bunch of, like, you know, multi-master Mongo nodes and eventually they're going to all have the same data. It's all a lie. <coughs> and so, you know, basically, you know, I consider myself lucky to have landed in a position where, okay, they actually have a relational database. They just don't really know how to optimize it. Sure. Right. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it is not like a situation was like, you know, well, we came up with this harebrained scheme back in 2005 uh, to use, you know, no sequel to, uh, you know, build our whole company Basically, I, I have, like, you know, been uh, contact for contract jobs where, like, you know, literally, like, oh, we need a DBA, and they don't have an actual database at So, all. let's let's actually talk about that. Let's talk about how NoSQL has just <coughs> become a thing <coughs> out of, uh, basically, I feel out of thin air. It's just um, been, uh, like, it's basically, it's, it's basically become a thing out of the insecurity 
of the Java kiddies because that's all anyone learns in college anymore. And they've been taught that they're like, you know, intellectually superior to anyone who actually like, you know, uh, advocates data model discipline, advocates being a grown up. Uh, you know, <laughs> basically, you know, like, no, no, I just love that that's part of it. Is no, I, uh, I see I am people, a grown up, I use SQL. Yeah, I, I have <laughs> seen people do things in like, you know, every context that I've like contracted and worked in, everyone I've talked to, right? Where they just like literally, like, they just skip that entire course, you know, catalog in our college, right? Uh, and, and they've done stuff where like when I was coming up, when we were literally like, you know, working on an Oracle instance with like, you know, eight cores and like 16 gigs of RAM and like spindle drives. And that cost like $2 million, right? I've seen people do things routinely where I would have had the DBA showing up at my house with a baseball bat and breaking my arms and legs. Uh, they will just, you know, oh, who gives a fuck it, right? And they'll, and they'll do it not even in Oracle. In Oracle, you can do whatever you want. Nobody cares. It all just works. But they do it in like MySQL, the weakest, shittiest fucking database engine I've ever even imagined could exist. You know, and and what's hilarious about that statement is that I've worked in uh, databases like a tenth of what you've worked in databases. Yeah. And MySQL is probably the worst thing that I've it, ever it is, worked is, in. It is, it is the worst on its face. Okay. I mean, it's it's uh, it, like, it's miserable. Like, like, just for those of you who don't know databases, I just want you to like you know look up the just Google the term PostgreSQL functional indexes, and thank me later. Right? <laughs> I mean, it, like, okay. I love I love the fact uh, that maybe someone's listening to this and they look up that. Thing yeah, yeah, and they have no fucking clue yeah, yeah, right, what yeah. the fuck we're talking about. I mean, basically, the like only- we are literally nerding out on databases, and someone who has no coding experience is gonna Google this. I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna look this up and, and see what and the hell. And then they're gonna about. read something, and they're and you're you just said you're welcome, yeah, for that, yeah. and they're gonna have no context yeah, as to well, why. Well, wait, wait till they look up uh, window functions. Oh up, no! Oh my God! Like a fucking window functions. Why <laughs> yeah, you? yeah. Just ruin your life with window functions. L- look also, up. brilliant by the way. Window functions are the best. But uh, uh, ruin your life and on the fact that MySQL can't run a fucking window function to save. Oh its God! Life. No, man. Like, I can't even begin. Like the only thing that like uh, MySQL has going for it is ubiquitousness. And like any time that I see like, you know, oh, we're a MySQL shop, you know, uh, okay, so you're a bunch of fucking lazy idiots who, uh, you know, uh, never. That's b- just what I saw in a dev It's what you learned at the one obligatory course in college. Yeah. It's like, oh, if you want to get a CS degree, you have to like take three hours of MySQL uh, because, you know, fuck it. Right. You know, like, I can't even begin to like, like tell you uh, just... Uh, how shockingly incompetent uh, MySQL has become now, right? I remember working it when like 2001, 2002. To be fair, they had spatial functions well before Postgres did. 
Uh, yeah, but like you know, Oracle bought them, shut down all innovation on in their. Uh, I, I agree with you. I'm just saying, like at one point they were. MySQL was doing. My, my good work. was was uh, you know uh, uh like. As it was the WordPress get. of fucking databases. Yeah, yeah in like 2005. <laughs> yeah, and if they continued on that path, it would have been great. <coughs> I feel like. Because yeah. it's the same right now. Like, you know, we talk about WordPress development, right? Like, if you want to build a web page. Right. Uh, if you want to build a website, uh, WordPress is probably the way you want to do it, you know? Yeah, you, know, you want to borrow strength and so forth, right? But yeah, you just, you just throw up WP Engine, and yeah. uh, all of a sudden I've got fucking functionality yeah. out oh. the fucking ass. Well, yeah, other people, like, solved your problem for me. Like, you know, basically... What my promise was, and that's my, what MySQL was at, at yeah. one point. Was like, oh, I just need a fucking database. Like, yeah, man, basically, like you know, and, and that's my uh, issue. Is like, you know, basically the MySQL community's, uh, you know, uh, answer to Postgres has been to ignore uh, every problem that Postgres has solved. Right? You know, like let's talk about like parallel sequential scans. Right? Like, okay, I've got eighteen, you know, cores on this machine. And I have got like a bunch of crap that's gonna like have to do, you know, a bunch of complicated joins. Why can't I distribute this workload across my 18 cores? Well, in MySQL, you can't do that. In Postgres, you can now. So, about JSON object stores. Uh, oh, man. Where, like, Let's actually talk about JSON object stores. Because in MySQL, they can only be stored as text, and it is the worst fucking thing. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Like, you know, basically. Especially considering that. Uh, dev on the front end especially is moving towards that like like all i need is json I'm oh yeah that, JSON, that, that, JSON, that's JSON, what the JSON. developers want to uh do and uh they've been empowered like way beyond what any you know reasonable you know basically when i was coming up in this field the dbas were the fucking sovereigns and you couldn't do anything without like their approval well the whole industry has like decided well we don't like that because the javascript kitties uh, don't don't like having you no know, grown ups telling them what to uh, do. Uh, they think, which honestly is actually really ridiculous in my head. I actually <laughs> had this come up recently. Uh, someone was arguing with me about a database structure, and I was I was saying, no, this is the way we're gonna fucking do it. And they were like, well, we just should store JSON. And I'm like, you're fucking using Node. It doesn't matter. Everything returns as JSON. Like, yep. you're you're just fucking. Uh, all you're gonna do is use some sort of, uh, you know, like your connection. You you're not using anything that is going. You're not writing real SQL, right? Anymore. Yeah. yeah basically, what what I see, and I and I will stand with this as long as I'm in this uh, industry. Um, where the industry, like you know, went to hell is when uh somebody somewhere decided that people who have know nothing about databases get to have an opinion about anything uh, having I, to do with them. You know what I think it was, and I, I'm saying this as a junior in this thing, uh, is uh, when people decided Ruby was a thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't have to think about it. Yeah. You know, you, oh, you don't have to think about it. You don't follow any of these, uh, you know, formula. Now, because it's, it, let's, let's be entirely honest. Ruby is not a thing. It's no one's building anything. It was a flash in the pan, yeah. No one's, no one's building anything in Ruby. Right. But it created a premise. 
Exactly. Yeah. Which was, let's just fucking... You don't have to care about what's on the back end. Throw and return fucking JSON yeah, yeah, everywhere. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You, don't uh, have to give, you don't have to give a shit, right? Yeah. But, it's like, but, but like basically, you know, uh, when I was coming up, when I was out like, you know, your age, uh, there wasn't a damn thing I could do. I The reason I got Oracle certified was so I could actually work effectively because otherwise the DBAs would shut me the fuck down. Right. And rightfully so. You know, I, I one of my best, the best DB I ever worked for was like, you know, angry Czechoslovakian guy named Bernard. God almighty, angry, <laughs> angry doesn't even like cover it. Right. But like, you know, he one time told me just, you know, in a fit of rage because I totally fucked his life up by like, you know, doing something stupid uh, and, uh, you know, wrecking, you know, his beautiful Oracle incense. And, uh, you know, he's like, I swear to God, I'm one day going to just cut the cables into the database and nobody will ever talk to it again. Right. And I get it. I totally get where he's coming from now. You know, after like having done this for like, you know, 15 years. Right. Uh, basically, it should always have been the premise of, uh, oh, you're a software engineer. Tell me, uh, give me, solve this relational algebra problem. Tell me what's wrong with this join. Oh, you can't? Then you have no opinion that means anything to me. Your code's rejected. Your fucking bullshit is not touching my database. Go rewrite it. But they, uh, you know, no. They, well, that just was... No, uh, it's because everything just became the uh, ORM, right? Like uh, everything. Yes. I'm going to like I define don't, a fucking to, object model. I don't have to even give a shit what exactly, the SQL is going to do. I don't have, yeah. Exactly. I don't have to give a shit about what SQL is going to do. That's case in point, right? Like it's, right. it's no, just I, I, like, I, I, I'm just going to select dot all from whatever. Select everything from everything and I'll let my application logic do the joins in memory because that works. Yeah, right? exactly. Yeah. I mean, like, Be, I, because I, people's computers are great. Well, I, mean, uh, I, I don't know who who didn't die on the picket line that should have, but they should have. It's like, uh, yeah, I saw the query that your ORM generated bullshit uh, created, and uh, I'm cutting off access to your application user. Anything you want out of the database, you you get to go through me. And uh, oh, and the business doesn't like it. Fuck you. Uh, fire me. Uh, and uh, you don't and get any this data. This whole fucking thing goes down. Exactly. You know, yeah. like you know, literally. I leave, and it's a smoking ruin. And what's happened is the industry has mollified, you know, these 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 babies for like fifteen years. And so now, if you go on Monster and like look for like you know DBA jobs or data engineer jobs or you know a database analyst, uh, you know shit. Oh, there's plenty of work out there. There's more work out there right now than you ever like you know imagine possible. Uh, the, the few things that I've like, you know, worked or looked at since I, you know, got laid off from the place where you and I worked together have all been, sure. uh, people who, uh, like give you one example, one company that's been around for like 20 years, they have 700 different clients. They have 700 different databases very much like each other, but not exactly like each other. Because they built this all in Mongo or oh, something? Yeah, well, they, they built it all in MySQL. They uh, have it all running on one server with, uh, you know, spindle drives. They all use the same template, uh, you know, uh, 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 you know schema. Uh, but like this client, they decide, oh, we need an index on this column, but not on this other column. Oh, we need, uh, you know, uh, we need to add this column to this, you know, table for this client, but not this other client, right? Oh, we have no foreign keys. 
uh, you know, like just all the stuff where it's like, you know, they just didn't think anything like, you know, mattered about the fucking data. Nothing matters. Just do whatever the fuck you want. And now suddenly they've uh, got like, you know, a 700 client, 700 schema shit show where they have absolutely no, no idea what is distinguishing, you know, this instance from another one. What distinguishes this day? Why does this query run fast here and slow here? No idea. 700 fucking clients. Okay. And the six month gig that they wanted me to work was figure this out. I'm sorry. That's hilarious. And so, like, you know, yeah. I looked at it and I was like, okay, this is at least five years. Uh, it's going to cost you a shit lot more money than you're willing to pay me. And you know what else? I just don't want to fucking do it. You, you <laughs> dug your grave, die in it. I'm gone. Yeah, exactly. Like, I, I guess I don't even understand that. You know, again, like, we could go back to uh, the idea that I am significantly junior in experience to you. Uh, and but you I get it conceptually. I'll tell yeah, you. Yeah, no, no, no. But what I'm saying is, like, I don't even understand how that exists. Like, it's mystifying, isn't it? Like yeah. it, you know, like even even today, even in the company that I work for and you used to, uh, you know, like things come up like, hey, we need a report for this thing for like one specific client, and I'm like, yeah, the thing that you said well, that we would we never need, to, need like, a report for, yeah, and I'm like, well. Do we need to report this for all clients? No, we'll never need to do that ever. Ever, yeah. yeah. Okay, fine. I'll build you a one-off. Why? And why? Why I is do... it this report like for this other client? Because you promised us that it would like work across the board. No, actually, I told you. No, I told time. you it would work the for opposite. one single client. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's it, and the idea that people just have in their head, they're like, oh, this just exists. Always, no, and, yeah, and no, like, like basically, the the Java kitties have been taught database. Like you know, my mentor who I love, uh, you know, the one that told me, you know, being like the uh, database guy is, uh, you know, being like the uh, guy in the uh, engine room of a nuclear submarine. Uh, if you do your job right, uh, nobody knows you're there, and if you do it wrong, everyone dies. Right. So basically, the Java, you know, kitties have all been taught over the past like twenty years, and this is thoroughly entrenched in the industry. Fuck the database guy. Fuck databases. You don't have to worry about it. It's their problem. Do whatever you want and fuck them, right? And that's what the industry is looking at right now. Which is so terrible. Uh, They they don't even know how fucked they are. I mean, basically, you know, like I'm 47 now. Uh, so I've got like, you know, what, what is it, 18 years left, you know, in this shit, you know, and, uh, and there, there are, a lo- there are a lot. Of- I'm sorry. It, it, like, I love that you have just defined the end of your career and possibly life. Yeah. Possibly, I don't know. Possibly life. Like, like you've everything. just, just been like, yeah, I got 18. I mean, that's, you that's know, all this yeah, ba- basically, uh, like within 10 years, nobody will hire me again. Right, you know, if, if I'm looking oh, for a job I, at like I, at I hear what you're saying. I got like crazy dark on that. I I thought you were saying like I'm gonna kill myself in 18 years. Well, it might happen. I uh, mean, I'm not saying that the. I'm not. I'm not saying I won't. But I mean, basically, <laughs> like you know, uh, nobody hires you in this industry after age 50. Nobody. You know, it doesn't matter. Like you know how expert you are. 
or whatever. Like, you know, if you're laid off and I, if I'm laid off at like age 50 and I need a fucking job, uh, nobody's hiring me. Nobody's going to like you give me a fucking interview. Right. Yeah. It's tech. Yeah, ex- exactly. It's like, you know, you're, you're not like the new hotness or so whatever. What you're saying is I need to get on my game now. Well, I, I'm saying you've got like about like 15 years to make all the money you're going to make. Right. You know, my, my gig where I'm working now is, uh, you know, I'm just going to try and trench myself and be useful uh, as long as I can until they like fire me for ageist reasons, you know. Uh, but like basically, uh, you know, my company that I'm at uh, right now goes under like when I'm 50 years old, I'm fucked. You know, no one's going to interview me. Right. That, that's just. Whether anyone like, oh, that's just so morally wrong. It's actually an interesting topic to to talk about, right? Like uh, a lot of people want to get into tech. They want to get into uh, software engineering. They want to get into all these things. Um, And it is totally like a hot button job, right? Like uh, all of us, I mean, you and I both want to work in Sure. In this in this sure. industry, I else, um, yeah. we've both worked in uh, startups, yep. uh, which you know, st- startups um, historically hire young, right? Oh yeah, absolutely. So like, uh, arguably, you should have probably never been hired uh, oh, uh, at the yeah. place we worked together. No, yeah, uh, I was a strong arm on someone else's recommendation. Yeah, exactly. Um, and I'm not saying qualification wise, like obviously you should, you should oh, no, no. totally like, if, work we're, we're, if I had not had an in there, there's no way they would have hired me. They wouldn't yeah, even exactly. Me. Like no. out of the blue, just like, because I was over you 40, nothing. Yeah. That's because I was over 40. Yeah. Um, so that's, that's an interesting concept to take into play is that like, you know, for me it's, it's 20 years yep. for you. It's, Oh, like nine. Yeah, like, like you know, something. no, literally, like, you know, if I'm unemployed within the next three years, I don't expect I'll ever work in tech again, other than like contract gigs. I really think that's true. Is that, it was like, can you hear me now? Yeah. All right. Basically, I do not think, you know, if I was like uh, laid off at my current job or fired or whatever, uh, I don't even think I'd get a second interview with anyone because I'll be 50 years old. Yeah, and, and, and at that point, it's an interesting concept, though, the ageist concept. Well, right? it's, 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 you know, the, the dirty open secret. I mean, it's, uh, you know, I know someone who's a brilliant programmer. Uh, you know, she's uh, a girl. She's, oh, uh, you told me about her. Yeah, she's 50 years oh, old. Oh, we should bring her on to Red Tide. I should, yes. Uh, but she's brilliant, and she's like, you know, an Android. She's one of the first Android developers. Uh, she got laid off from uh, the company I was at before the, the company I worked at with you. Uh, and uh, that was about three years ago. I think it was uh, a couple of years ago. She hasn't even gotten a second interview with anybody. Right. And she is like, you know, nothing but like, you know, top flight experience. She's had to like go back to school to get health insurance. And uh, it's the kind of thing where, you know, my only aspiration right now it's interesting get- to think about that uh, portion of like economical burden, right? Like, you know, software engineers are not not well off, right? <clears throat> like, yeah. the, you know, you and I both make we make a decent uh, living. Yeah, we we make we make money in you know, like I can complain all day about how much I make. You could probably complain about how much you make, uh, but we make enough 
yeah. to like actually be sustainable right. in whatever America exists, right? right. Um, but the fact that like outside of the jobs that we currently hold, if if either of us got fired, like or left for any reason, or had to leave for any reason, yeah. you have a um, future. I don't. I, yeah, exactly. Like I have, I have much more opportunity. Oh, absolutely. To like continue doing the same thing. I, I know. Us. And you have a it, lot it, of hurdles it, it, uh, it in your be, way. It would be very unlikely that I would ever land a salaried position again. Uh, like after I reach age uh, 50. Uh, I know probably, geez, most of the people I know work in tech. Most of the people I know are software engineers. Most of the people I know are brilliant software engineers. Uh, among the ones that are like, you I, know. I really hope that someday I get to be a part of the brilliant software I already include you in that. But like, you know, like several of my mentors, uh, you know, uh, one guy's like 55 years old, another guy's 60. Uh, you know, they, they are, you know, I would do anything is they're, they're among these people where like, you know, if I bring them a problem and ask them their advice on something and they tell me what their advice is, I'm not going to argue at all. I mean, Oh, okay. I'm going to do exactly what the fuck you say. Thank you, sir. Right. Brilliant guys. You know, they, they've solved every problem that I've ever, you know, could have come up with, uh, you know, to them long before I ever did. Uh, and, uh, you know, uh, Two of them are employed. Um, I don't know if you ever met uh, my friend Lane. I, I I can't remember if you did or not. Uh, did we go to uh, that one bar together? Was I think Lane, we might have. Was he larger? No, man? he's a he's a lanky uh, little guy. Oh, no, five years old. But but he's one of he's him. the guy that like taught me all of uh, about databases. Uh, but like after he got uh, you know done with his gig at the same at the job that I worked with him last time. You know, he, he taught me everything that I uh, needed to know about, like, you know, working with databases. And uh, he just, you know, after, like, his last most recent layoff, he's like, I'm done with tech because I'm not, I'm not going to, like, try to, uh, you know, I'm not going to, like, talk to these people. I'm not going to, like, you know, debase myself uh, you know, having these stupid, you know, JavaScript kiddies uh, who aren't going to hire me anyway, uh, you know, trying to... Uh, bust my balls right so like now he's like working with his uh, wife you know remodeling houses but i mean it, like this is this is the uh you know glaring open secret you know basically this is going my job right now is going to be my last job in tech where i have a salary anything going forward from here uh is going to be me working contract for people who know what i do and need for me to do what i do and it's going to be, I will do what you need me to do for a quarter million dollars. Otherwise, you know, I'm not doing it. And uh, to the extent that I don't get that, you know what? I'm going to take care of my mom and dad. I'm going to, uh, you know, take care of the family assets. Uh, the tech industry cannot wait to dispose of you once you, like, reach, like, age 50. No matter oh, what yeah. capability they're just, they're just, uh, I feel. You know, and they will never ever like even think that's what they're doing. Yeah, they're just like, oh yeah. no, no, it's just a you no know, culture fit. Blah blah blah. You know, no. Uh, you need people to do accounting. You don't really like you know give a shit how old your accountant is, right? But you sure the shit give a you know you sure care about like who your software engineers are, and especially when they're like database people 
who like, you know, your whole like stupid perspective has been, oh, they don't really matter anyway. How dare they have an opinion on what we do? Well, I think maybe you, uh, you don't appreciate them while they're there. Right. Or actually no, no one does even after they're gone. Right. No, like, no. Oh, you no. and yeah. I are you, not appreciated. You, you, you just blame ever. whatever problems happen on them. That's that's how it works. Yeah, once they're gone, you once just gone, like, yeah. oh yeah, it must have been the database guy. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. His his uh, shitty work here, you know. Uh, it's uh, his problem. And you milk that as long as you can until you're turned fifty, and then they're done with you. <laughs> that's that's how that's what happens. Yeah. So, you know, I I feel, I I consider myself like you know uh, I've had a lucky life and I, I've met like you know wonderful people and uh, I wouldn't do anything else the, other than what I do. I love what I do and I'm brilliant at it. Um, but I'm, I'm quite grateful to have an out of, uh, you know, I got a family who will, uh, see after me and I will, you know, take care of their property. And I work at my nephew's, uh, snorkeling slash, uh, uh, scuba adventure, uh, uh, cabana in the Bahamas. <laughs> Once he opens that, you know, because, uh, uh, like tech ain't going to do jack fucking fuck for me. Once I get old enough. Yeah. That's my take. All right, man. Well, uh, I I think it's been a brilliant conversation. Yeah, me too. Um, I love you very much, you know. Oh, man. I love you too. <laughs> uh, it, this has been a lot of fun. Uh, we're going to do this more, um, but I just want to say uh, thank you if you're listening. Um, and um, my name is Spin. My and name this, is Alan. And yeah, this was our podcast. So. Thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, We'll talk to you next time.